Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. That horns down ruling has been reversed. <laughs> you can horns down yes. anyone you damn want. In fact, if you don't, you get a 15-yard penalty. Pete Thamel. I think the race for the next move is the most compelling thing we're going to see in college sports behind the scenes in the next six months. Here's Pete and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. It is just Pete and I. Pat is working the Olympic swimming uh, coverage. I am in Japan too, but I'm not working on the Olympic swim coverage. So he's there. Pete is back in the United States. It is wild in college football. Real briefly, we had a few people ask this. Uh, Pat's daughter, Brooke, will swim in the Olympics. Uh, we, The best we could tell, this is Pete and I's uh, years of sports journalism. <laughs> we have... Uh, ascertain that she will be swimming we think at 7 11 a.m on wednesday morning eastern standard time united states so if you want to watch uh and also pat sat down for an interview with jimmy roberts that will appear on nbc or something i don't know i think it did appear because someone texted me about it but i i I, we have we have a side bet on the pod going whether pat cried or not in the interview we hope definitely cried yeah pat definitely cried yeah i quoted pat in an article about families not getting to watch their children. Uh, I talked to this uh, family in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Their daughter's an archer, 17-year-old archer. They were the first, she was the fir- first uh, kind of individual competitors. They had to watch and have a watch party. It was pretty funny. Well, not funny for them, but I was, and, but I stopped Pat and uh, I said, all right, uh, I need some quotes. And if you don't, if you deny me this interview, <laughs> I am making the quotes up. <laughs> Really dogged reporting on Yahoo this week. There will be quotes from Pat Forty in this article. You're either giving them to me or I make them up. And he did not want me making them up because God knows what I would have put in. Mike DeCourcy did a good story on Pat, too. I don't know if you saw that. I did did not. I got to check that out. No, it was good. It was uh, it it was it was very good. All right. So we have got a lot happening. We do not want to. We want to get as many pods out as possible. Get this out to you guys. Why don't you give me the latest, Pete? Uh, as of uh, Sunday night, about midnight in uh, in Boston. Yeah, I think we can safely say as of Monday morning in America, this is where uh, this is where college football uh, this is where college football stands. So the Big Twelve Executive Committee, and never do you learn there's more executive committees than when realignment comes up. But basically, the Tech President, the Baylor President, 
Bowlesby met with the Oklahoma president and the Texas president tonight. The Big 12 announced this. And I talked to a couple of people who were familiar with the uh, with the call. So immediately the big the big 12 announced they were like, oh, they're going to save it. They're going to give a million dollars. I don't really think they're going to save it. I think Texas and Oklahoma are wisely doing everything possible to follow like the right legal guidelines. And uh, it was basically that that meeting was was summed up to me uh, two ways tonight. What one was as soon as the Big 12 folks started to say like, hey, you know, when did you kind of start playing footsies? When did you start exploring this? The Texas and Oklahoma people were like, we're just here to listen. (laughs) (laughs) Read read into that what you may. Also, turning down that opportunity, I think probably could have hurt them and just in terms of like court litigation. But uh, one one person summed it up this way, uh, the Big 12's message. They didn't like come to them with like a, you know, bag of gold. They said, look, don't play us. If you're willing to come to us with some ideas or elements you'd need, basically like make an offer, but do it genuinely. And if this is done, just let us know. Don't waste our time. So that was, uh, that was perhaps the, uh, that was perhaps the Hail Mary. And, and look, Bob Bullsby will get criticized a lot for this. Someone told me he got caught flat-footed. I thought that was like a fairly fair term as this stuff happens, if you consider his media day comments to what the reality was. But these are these are just two, you know, huge economic like like the Big Twelve was Texas and Oklahoma, and they operated solely around Texas and Oklahoma. And if Texas and Oklahoma want to leave, and they're going to leave, that's that that was going to happen. So I don't maybe have as much blame for Bowlesby as some others do, Dan. But I really think right now he has to check every box, and that's what this meeting was. It was the it was the check of a uh, it was the check of a box. So this is how I see this week playing out. As early as Monday, probably Monday, but nothing's definitive in realignment. Uh, a letter will go to the Big 12 office from Oklahoma and Texas that essentially is the formal start of this. But in the minutia of it all, it is they will inform the Big 12 the likelihood of them not extending the grant of rights, which is the media rights. So not taking part in the media rights, which is, I believe, expires in 24, 25. So. That allows them formally, legally, my understanding, I'm certainly not a lawyer, to go to the SEC and say, hi, we would like to apply for membership. We would like to see if you're interested in us. There's there's a more legal term. So this is all going to take a couple of days. It probably could be done in a day, but the SEC doesn't want to make it look like a Cuban election, like it was already determined. So they just wanted to make it look like uh, there's a natural process. There has to be some TV talks, although I was told there's essentially like, a clause in the TV contract that says if you are going to add another member of heft, this is the general parameters of what happens. It doesn't say if you add Texas and Oklahoma, but there's they don't have to redraw the whole TV contract. There's a clause that that enables this. And then there's the vote. There's really going to be no drama in the vote. And people have tried to create drama with the vote. But uh, ultimately, it comes down to this. If you are a metaphorical Missouri, Mississippi school Vanderbilt, you ain't getting in the way, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia, all right? Like, you're just not getting in the way. If those guys want to make money in, in the real money in this, there's good money now, but the real money in this comes in the mid-2030s. I think 2033, 2034 is when this ends. That's when this thing becomes a cash bonanza. It's very good money. That's just going to make a lot of money north of $60 million throughout this whole deal. But that's really what this move is for. And if Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida want to fortify themselves 10 years from now. <laughs> Missouri's not standing in the middle of the road being like, nope, not us. So 
that's about where we are. That's how I see the next week going. And then obviously there's the million corresponding ripples, but that's the the latest news update as uh, as as I've seen and heard it, Dan. Texas and Oklahoma are bad breaker uppers. I mean, that's there's not much that Bob <laughs> Bowlesby can do or the Big 12. They can send this, let's have a final call. It's 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 me, it's not you, or something like that. What do you need me to do? I'll get a better job. I'll, you know, whatever. I'll get to the gym more often. <laughs> I mean, they're they're gone. Uh, they've been trying to hook up with this uh this other entity. They've been trying, you know, there's the, the there's the woman at the office. Uh, you know, you 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 you've been nervous about this situation for a while. Is there an affair going on? They almost hooked up at the office party about six years ago, but then you got <laughs> you got them down the Caribbean and they re we redid our vows. But <laughs> now she's back. I mean, they're going to be doing Facebook pictures together and like in a day after we break up. I think Bowlesby's just sitting in a darkened office listening to uh, Olivia Rodrigo songs. Getting ready to get broken up by text. Yeah. Red light stop <laughs> I guess going to get broken up by TikTok yeah. now, Dan? Is is the breakup by TikTok I don't like know. the more advanced version of getting break up by text? I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, it's it's just ugly. So, like, have some dignity. Break up with them first or something. Vote to kick them out. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> just this don't do this like what do i need to do i'll change you can't change kansas state you get about five million people to move to kansas all of a sudden you know yeah uh sorry uh, it's could they just deliver them like water water coolers of the i ames tap yeah to lure them back how much water you <laughs> like need a, like a reservoir of fresh ames tap um <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I mean, there's not, there's just nothing you can do. They, they, they want to go. They're, they're going to go. So here's the, here's the biggest logistic question right now in this, Dan. And I know you're writing six columns a day about handball over there, so you're probably not as, uh, not as tuned in. Although from what I hear, you guys just ride around on buses, so you're probably reading more Twitter than I. You get a lot of um, texts and calls anyway. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I know you're in Japan, no, but what the. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. So what nobody knows yet is what year do they join? Pretty much by like Friday. It wasn't like, will this happen? It was like, when and how will this happen? The runway of how it will happen. Some of the finance questions. But like the big question is, so <laughs> Texas and Oklahoma's like officials, this guy, Kevin L. Teef, who's the board of regents chair, who's really been the behind the scenes driver behind all this, Texas Monthly and Three months, we'll do a big story about Kevin O'Teefe's dark politics of of getting uh you know getting Texas to the SEC in the middle of the night. They're everyone's saying the right thing behind the scenes. We all are staying the next four years. We're gonna go the length of the contract. We're not gonna break the contract. They're they're being good little legal stormtroopers. But the reality of this is there's no way that Texas and Oklahoma are gonna play four years as the bastard stepchild of a league. Can you imagine how a league's gonna screw them on schedule, every call, like being in a league during like the final year or two when you're about to leave is misery. And here's why. Like miserable that, fine, that bad horns, for the kids. That horns down ruling has been reversed. <laughs> you can horns down yes. anyone you damn want. In fact, if you don't, you get a 15-yard penalty. Don't ever do horns up. Any horns up by a Texas player, automatic banishment. So as much as the horns down ruling would change and as much as being the stepchild of the league will, will change, here's where, where really why 
they're either going to, these are their options. Texas and Oklahoma are basically hoping legally that the Big 12 dissolves. That way they don't have to pay the $150 million combined, uh, like 75 million plus each, ish each to, to go, right? So they're just like, oh, we'll stick around. Oh, wait, the league dissolved. Mm, what a shame. We'll go to the SEC. Or they're going to have to pay up, which I've heard they're starting to pass the hat, the bucket hat around Texas to, to, to get that. And that's a lot of money, man. I don't care. Like, that's a lot of money for Jerry Jones. That's a lot of money. Now, they can pay it and they can move it around and they can figure it out and they can borrow against future earnings. And I get it. But that's still a lot of money. But here's why they'd pay it. Recruiting. You can't tell the number one senior at South Lake Carroll or Austin Westlake or whatever, hey, come up here for the next four years, play in this inferior league we're about to we're about to play in, and when you go on the road, you're going to get treated like dirt and have money waved in your face. Like, it just, that's a bad existence all the way around. So I think eventually it all comes down to recruiting, right, Dan? Oh, yeah. I think Always comes back to recruiting. Or per- eventually the perception they're going to say, yeah. Correct. They're going to say we need to start recruiting the class of 23 to play in the SEC. You can't have a whole recruiting class cycle through to play in the dying embers of the Big 12. That's not going to work. So I really think that that sort of ambiguity will either solve itself or there will be an all-time payout. Like, And if you're the Big 12, and we saw this with the Big East when the ACC raided and those teams left and had to play some pretty hefty buyouts, like – that money can help fortify you for a little while. Now, again, if they're making 30 plus million from the Big 12 TV deal, 34 million, I think this year, and that is going to revert to like 20 million, that's a, that's that's a bad delta. You know, if you're Baylor, or Iowa State, like that's you've you you've budgeted that money. You've but you're budgeted for that money and, and they're going to get gouged. So it's in the Big 12's best interest to keep them around as long as possible to keep those, you know, because the TV contract is going to exponentially change. Texas and Oklahoma provided more than half of that Big 12, the value of that Big 12 contract. And so, yeah, it, it, it'll be very interesting to see. Remember, Petty comes into play here. Does the Big 12 rally around forcing Texas and Oklahoma to fill their coffers so they can exit? Well, that's uh, I think the mutual hate of Texas and Oklahoma is about the only thing that's aligning everybody here. One more thing before we're going to get to each conference and what's next. That's what we want to how we want to organize this, because I think there's so many topics here. It's hard to organize. How savage is Greg Sankey? Do not play Oof. poker with Greg Sankey. Do not leave Greg Sankey alone with your girl. Do not like Greg Sankey sat there on that committee for the playoffs working for two years with Bob Bowlesby. And and for much of the time, he's he's destroying the other man's business. Hey, hey, Greg, how you been? Anything going on? No, nothing. (laughs) How's that queso? Boy, it's a really good uh, taco place. uh, Torchy's Tacos down in uh, Austin. Yeah, yeah. Really? I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Hadn't heard of that. I mean, he just savage. These guys are supposed to be friends. Mm. God, mm. what a just does he even feel bad? Is it like like Michael Corleone with a ping of regret as he gets Fredo's brains blown out in the boat? Spoiler. Spoiler. Sorry. Um, <laughs> 50 year old spoiler. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> good Lord. Seems like a nice guy. 
So Greg Sankey's an interesting guy. We, we can talk about this. I've, I've always got good feedback from the pod when we kind of talk about our personal interactions with these people, you know, that our listeners only know through watching on TV or reading about. So Sankey is, I'm going to say he's from upstate New York. I think he went to Colgate, but he is like very non-SEC, much like Slive went to Dartmouth. And Slive's from upstate New York too, right? Is he from Utica? He was from upstate New York, yeah. Yeah, I think he went to Dartmouth. All right, whatever, yeah. Um, yeah, he did go yeah. to Dartmouth. But anyway, th- they are just not like what you would think of in geography and in sound of like SEC people, right? And, and, and no offense to that, of- but when the SEC was run by SEC people, it was a hot mess that just got caught cheating every two weeks. <laughs> they couldn't get out of their own way for a long time. Like yeah. Mike Slive's legal genius was to figure out a way to like out legislate them getting caught cheating it, to still yeah. allow them to cheat, but just not get caught. It was, it was, it was, pre- it was fairly impressive. Essentially the genius of Mike Slive revolved around just running circles around the NCA intellectually and legally and it through loopholes and Slive, everybody forgets came from Bon Chenneke. Yeah. Right. Was, yeah. Man, like he came from the law firm that represents that, all the cheaters. That's how you got to so, know everybody in the SEC back then. Yes, you were their lawyer. Exactly. No. Yeah. 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 It's it's a it's a pretty like remarkably hilarious story when you uh when you when you think about it all. So anyway, right, quickly on Sankey was yeah, Sankey was the commissioner of the Southland, and then he, he went from there to be the SEC's number two. But he's like a compliance guy. He's like a he's like a wonk. He's the guy that, that Slive would have me go interview when I was doing a story on like the SEC teams in trouble for like grade scams and all the normal like SEC chicanery from the from the last fifteen years when he was uh, when he was coming up. But you know he's 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 like up he's from upstate New York. He's like very straightforward, he's very direct. There's not a lot of sizzle to, to Greg Sankey. He's a guy who like runs every day. He, you know, does CrossFit and hot yoga. Like he's he's somebody once described Luke Fickle to me this way. And I thought it was a great description. They said Luke Fickle's not a New Year's resolution guy. He's kind of a guy that does it every day. Greg Sankey's like the guy who wakes up at like 430 in the morning. Every, you know what I mean? And is like very straightforward. Like he ran Greg every Sankey's day for always, a year. Yeah. Every yes, single day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Greg Sankey's the guy who's always read the report. You know, we're in conversations with people. Hey, did you read that like 138 page drive <laughs> report? Greg Sankey has always read the report. So, but I mean, look, this is a move that like, I mean, it's going to kill friendships. Like it, it's, kill, it's, it's, it's going to kill careers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like somebody used that quote to me today. Like this, this eventually is going to end up killing the sport is what it was, is what was said to me today. So it's an unlikely guy, like a guy like Chris Del Conte's personality. You could see more cast in the movie as the, as the guy who pushes the button on the biggest move that reverberates through college athletics. Greg Sankey, you would not cast as that he's bookish. Yeah. He's straight laced. Nobody he's straight saw him forward. coming. So, Bullsby didn't see him coming. Oh man, they were sitting. They were sitting in all those airport hotels, drafting up their, uh, drafting up their playoff thing. How about so, he was like, yeah, let's do uh, top six uh, conference, top four teams get a buy, top four conference champs get a buy. We got five leagues, do we? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, did I say that? Out loud? <laughs> like, we got five leagues here. What? I think four is a good number for for this here. Um, yeah. Anyway, savage. All right, let's get to it. Um, I mean, look in on no un, in no uncertain terms. I, this isn't good for college football. Um, no, I mean it no. just isn't. Um, you know, there's a lot of oh look at the SEC is going to be loaded. Like the SEC, yes, you will add another 
another game. You already had a lot of good games. You didn't need more good games. Every game you add that you're playing Texas is one less you're playing somebody else that you liked. Um, The college football would be better if we had seven or eight really competitive 10-team leagues out there. Um, We're we're quickly moving to four and maybe less. Who knows how big these get. Um, I don't think it's good for the middle of the pack. Of It's certainly terrible for all these big 12 schools and places like that. If you're an Ole Miss or Mississippi State fan or Missouri, like you just your chances of winning the league just became even more remote. Um, terrific. Your school's going to make X, X more dollars. Somehow they've convinced fans this matters. I've said this a million times on the podcast. Also, they get paid more. I mean, it's like the government. Find, hey, we're going to tax you more, but it's great. Our county commissioner is now going to be able to have a, a, a car, but we're getting more money yeah. than the county next to you. And you go, what, yeah. what, wait, what happened? Awesome. Yes. Our county needs to be number one. You want to win games. That's what you want to win. You want to win games. You want to have a good team. You want to have a chance. You got less of a chance now. This is not. It's the reverse of pro sports. Like, you know, I live in Boston. Uh, someone's like, oh, the Red Sox overpaid for that relief pitcher. I don't care if they overpaid. Not my money. I just want them to win. Yeah. It ain't my money. But in college sports, it's different. It's like you're supposed to be happy about the annual payout or, or or whatever. No, like you want your you want to see your team have a chance. Like hope is the most powerful drug in sports. They they spend and, it all on buyouts for their for their uh, yeah. defensive coordinator who sucked. It's buying out <laughs> yeah. Bo Pelini. Like, yeah, great. Hey, look how much money we're gonna have. Yeah, Bo Pelini's getting it right. So yeah. this is not a good thing at all. And and the parts of the sport that are college football is phenomenal because it's not the NFL. It's really good football, but it's all these little things. It's, it's the Iowa States. It's, it's the egg bowl. It's the Boise States. And then it's the Alabama plays Ohio state. It's all of it. And that's the fun part of college football. It's maxion. And if you love the sport, the way anyone listening to this podcast would, uh, and obviously the way we have fun with the sport, you don't like, no, you want the big 12. Um, you don't just want to yes. sit there and be like, great. Yes. We got a, a 16 team, big, big sec. Like it's it just, it becomes too unwieldy. You're never going to play the other teams. Um, it already is crazy. And so, yeah, uh, the sitcom killed off like the delinquent little brother that everybody liked, you know, the big 12, like, ah, the big 12, those crazy, like Midwest tobacco spit and like, you know, the big 12 was like its character in this great play that we all love. Basically, they like they just like wrote about of the script yep, from just from this them. point uh, from this this point on one more mundane football point that I think is going to be really interesting here and talk about the homogeny that we're starting to see. And I haven't dug in on this with SEC folks yet because I'm a little more worried about macro before we go micro. But Nick Saban is in favor of playing more conference games. You know, every year, like back when this used to be a big offseason story, league games, we're playing nines, says David Shaw. Why want But Saban has always said, I want to play more. Well, that, that matters. Scott Strickland has really led a vocal campaign to play more Power 5 games, basically, to get rid of it. Because I think some of these SEC schools have seen like their home schedules kind of be like, okay, if we're playing a neutral site or whatever, their home schedules aren't very good. So there's been a groundswell from the SEC, from some important voices. Greg Byrne's spoken out on that, too, at Alabama – 
to play more league games. So I'm just doing some math here. But you don't go to 16 and add Oklahoma and Texas and only play eight league games. I mean, look at the – in college basketball, look, I, all everybody's at 20 league games now. I, I really think that we're going to see – and I'm this is projection. Uh, un, you know, It's my, my own projection, not through sources, that we're going to see 10 league games in the SEC. They're, they're basically going to fashion this as pr- the premier of college football. And then everything else is everything else. That that's Premier how I League, see this happening. Like, yeah. yeah, like this is the this is college football, and they're going to brand it as like if you don't go to the SEC, you're not playing college football. And the fact that they have you know starting I think 24 exclusive ESPN coverage. You know, you remember what happened to your beloved National Hockey League when they weren't on uh, ESPN, right, Dan? They did stop. I believe to ESPN it stopped existing. Yes, did not exist. Yes, yes, yes. They just basically had an eleven-year blackout. They would just occasionally show Butchergrass's uh, mullet for oh, like yeah, thirty seconds. Butchergrass uh, got in there for a couple seconds. That was about it. Uh, yeah, no, that's 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 what it'll, it'll be. SEC, SEC, SEC. They'll they'll put them on the debate shows. It'll be. Uh, it's it's a very good move for that. But yeah, and so more games is good. I don't know. I mean, it's just overall not good. All right, let's get to these conferences. Yeah, let's like speed date through what like, happens what's to happen Big to 12. They're the they're the the scorned lover here. They're they're reeling, they're hurt, uh they're 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 their partner just is already moving in with someone else. How do they survive this? <laughs> You're they really have, leaning into the I really am. I feel bad. Have you talked to these people? It's like talking you to someone going through a divorce. Bra- <laughs> These schools are like, uh, you watch a lot of Bravo over there. I am. <laughs> like Japanese soap operas on during the day when you're not at events. <laughs> I got nothing to do. Still sober, by yeah. the way. Update. Still sober in Japan. How many days? How many uh, days straight? Uh, it's like five or six. I mean, it's just <laughs> remarkable. Hey, it's going to be the longest run since you were like a sophomore in high school. Yeah, no, yeah, I do some dry dry spells. Got to do your dry spells every once in a while. All right, so here no, we go. That's fair. What do we do with your eight? I mean, what, what move is there for the Big 12? Do you go super aggressive and try to get 16 teams and go like the old whack style, knowing you get picked off at any time? Do you you huddle up for eight how you got to worry about everyone else wants to leave of course there's you know some of the reports some of the reporting out there is is asinine the big 10 does not want iowa state sorry they probably do not want kansas sorry uh there's just all sorts of things out there what what do you do if you're what's going to happen to the big big 12 or big whatever so this is what i would do all right i don't think this is going to actually would happen be what happens to the big 12 the problem in these situations is the leadership of the schools trying to keep the league together. And we saw this with the Big East. Like Pitt was this way with the Big East um, when when the ACC cannibalized them. The leadership of the people trying to keep the league together also want to leave. So you have the dichotomy of the leadership that is forging the vision, but at the same time, you know, looking out of the corner of their eye, winking, winking at the uh, at the young lady coming down the street. So I, if I was to pick 12, I would essentially spend about a half an hour texting other power five schools. But you really have to have the self-realization of this. You are eight schools that have very little media market, very little national there are awesome regional schools, and there's great football at Oklahoma State. There's been great football at TCU. Baylor just won a national championship. Kansas won 97 Big 12 titles in a row in basketball. But, like, national cachet, I don't think 
any other Power 5 school is going to come join you right now in your ship of uncertainty. Just like any notion that the AAC is going to go start grabbing schools is fairly asinine, too. So the the actual autonomy designation, you know, we talk about Power 5, Autonomy 5, whatever it is, that's an actual, like, legislative designation. That actually helps the Big 12 in some ways here and, and makes it a little bit attractive. So I think you basically put your backbone in Texas, right from Ames, right down to uh, right down to Waco, I guess. And you say we are going to build the best of the rest league. All right, you sort of have to embrace where you are in the food chain. I would go get Boise, Colorado State, BYU for sure, San Diego State. I would take Houston. Oh my God, you! I, how many hours of conversations I've had in my life about how badly Texas Tech, Baylor, and TCU don't want Houston? Well, tough. You need Houston. It's the city of Houston. There's more talent there. If you're going to build the best of the rest, you want that market. Yeah. Yeah. I I just don't think, like, I can understand no SMU because you have TCU and it's in the Metroplex. I get it. But you got to have Houston. And then you go east and, and you go Cincinnati, Central Florida, South Florida. And so at that point, yeah, at that point, we've added eight. And I go to 16 and I shine. I sign a shorter TV deal. I I don't let ESPN put a knife to my throat like they did to the Big East and sign like a low grade, low rent TV deal. I try to go outside, be creative, and become the buzz. And then you guys start playing on Wednesdays. You guys start playing on Thursdays. And one of the things that really killed the Big Twelve and why people are so pissed at Oklahoma and Texas is that in 2016, if the Big Twelve had added. Cincinnati and Central Florida, which they were rumored to do, close to do, et cetera, they would be in an exponentially better position right now. They would have two top 20 programs in college football that have spent a lot of time in the top 10 in the last five years. And you could argue that you would rank them one in two of the remaining teams. But Oklahoma, Texas were like, ah, we don't want to play Cincinnati. We don't want to go to Orlando. Ugh. Where everybody else was like, let's build this thing. So look, the... The people who were left over in the Big East that were just given a chance to grow and given some team in it, they grew. Cincinnati grew. Louisville grew. Um, they were in parts of those those realignment shuffles. South Florida grew. They were number two in the country for a minute. So I'm just saying you cast a wide net and you give those ancillary geographic schools a chance to grow. And you you become like the whack was 20 years ago. All right. You become the Wild West, late night, high flying, rebranded you know, in a maction kind of way and you become a 16 team just like antagonist to the establishment and you are number five and you embrace being number five and you're bigger and you're bolder and you you just roll with it because if you just try to get cute, I don't really think, it, I, I think you need to just go big and cast your net in as many places as you can and let those markets and let those local talent bases grow with you. Yeah. All right. So there's two options, right? Well, there's three, I guess. You could stay. You could try to stay at eight. Just sit there and say, hey, are we in this thing together? Anybody's going to leave the moment they can leave, whether you have 16 or eight. You know, once somebody else comes to call in, someone's going to bail on the on the on on. Um, you still have an identity of sorts. You still have a regional identity. You still have rivalries. And if you just sit there and go eight, you play seven conference games, you have a much more ability to 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 schedule out uh, non-conference, all that stuff. 
I, you know, I, sometimes I think they go big because they think there's stability. They're, they they want to leave. I don't know that that's not the wrong play. You could add two more, just replace. And so maybe you take Houston and um, and Tulsa, or you take Houston and SM, you know, SMU doesn't want to get in. Tulsa doesn't want to get uh, You know, those don't add a lot. Or you go your route. Tulsa's in bad shape. Yeah, no. they, they're not going to take Tulsa. Tulsa I'm just yeah. saying somewhere in that state. You but. know, Tulane is an intriguing option in some ways because you're like, oh, New Orleans, right? We got good a New market. Orleans. So it's like Local. Houston and, and yeah. that, or you know, so or you could look at the you go big. You could take a West Coast swing, right? San Diego State, uh, Boise, obviously. Maybe take Houston and Boise. Okay, you go ten. That's your t- you know you had you had some pop with Boise, Boise and BYU, whatever. I, I think you have to take Houston, right? You need to be a Texas based league, and and you want them. There's others, yeah, Colorado State. I don't know what that gets you. UNLV gives you a great market, bad. Team, bad football program, but uh, yeah, you you go UCF, you and then UCF and South Florida and Central Florida. Memphis is is there. I've always thought Memphis is a nice pop. You you your teams are now playing in the heart of the SEC. They've done pretty well, obviously. Since he's sitting there, you know, there's a whole bunch of options. I don't know. That's going to be the question. But just grabbing a million teams and saying, all right, now we're sixty team league, and nobody knows who the hell's in your league. That necessarily helps. It's like right now I know who's in the league and there's value to that. Uh, nobody knows who's in the American Athletic Conference. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, kind of know some of them, but can you name them all? Most people can't. So I'd be cautious with going too big. I don't know that's like 16 get you more TV dollars. No one's paying for the San Diego market out of this. When did you become the the podcast pragmatist, Dan? I'm a pragmatist. <laughs> people are people are coming here listening for your common sense. You want to know a, a fun fact? You mentioned the the AAC uh, of the whole AAC. Which school do you think brings the most TV value? All of the AAC. Uh let's see. That's a good question. I wouldn't doubt. I don't know. So something tells me Cincinnati, although. Because it's Ohio, people in Ohio love college football. It's Navy. Yeah. I mean, Army Navy is a monster, right? An iconic American tradition. Like when people talk about brands and like whatever, like Navy's got a brand. Well, right? They got a brand. And they got boats. There's too. a lot of people associated with the Navy, you know, <laughs> a lot more so than that are associated with Iowa State. Like right? Navy, what's so, that? Yeah, we know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. When you say Navy, you can think of 100 years of football history. You can actually run plays in your mind. Like you can just see yeah. them actually like uh, running Navy. the way they – Yeah, yeah no, the they're not going to add Navy. So I just thought that was interesting. Like when you start cho- chopping this stuff up, like it's it's it doesn't necessarily because of brands, because of the power of different brands, doesn't necessarily go the way you think. So anyway, that, that was why I brought that up because I was surprised. I would like point. identity. I think identity going forward, being something is better than just having a ton of scattershot options. Because if you're sitting there and saying, all right, San Diego State is going to play uh, Houston, uh, no one or, or San Diego State's going to have a game against uh, – Boise State, do you think Big 12 football? You know, so don't you have something worthwhile in your brand? Be careful what you get rid of. It's it's not, it looks bad right now. It looks bad. Um, but it, it is bad. <laughs> it's bad. But I don't know if all these other schools really do a whole lot for you. So I would I would be very judicious with that. Um, I disagree. Go big or go home. Go big or go home. Well, they're probably going home no matter what. But um, <laughs> it's hard. I mean, I just, I just feel bad for these guys. And I had, I had a 
college football uh, insider pointed to me this way. If only Texas hadn't sucked at football the last 10 years, he, he did not use sucked. that term. Yeah. None of this would be happening. Yeah. Texas I, is like blaming have, all their problems on it, on their, on everybody else and going, we need a new league. And that's like, no, you need to stop, you, you know, underperforming. This column is going to appear on Monday uh, on uh, Yahoo at some point. And it, it, it I've half written now, but it's basically going to say Texas making this move would have been unthinkable 10 years ago, like unthinkable. The Texas of Bill Powers, the Texas of DeLos Dodds, the Texas of uh, Mac Brown. There's no way they would have gone to the SEC. They look down on it. Texas is a great academic school. It values its academic reputation. This move is Texas acknowledging what we've seen on the field for the last decade. That Texas ain't special. Texas is just like everybody else. And the most interesting part to the people that Texas antagonized and the most interesting part to the people that Texas drove out of the Big 12. Remember, Nebraska, Colorado, A&M, Missouri. Texas's blood is on all on their hands from all those departures. And I really think that when you look at that, and now Texas all of a sudden after dominating a league, just being like an uncontrollable ego in a league for so long, now all of a sudden, they got to go just be a rank-and-file member? Like they're just sitting in class with their hands folded on their desk? You know, Mr. Sankey, can I go to the bathroom? That has not been Texas. Yeah, no, there, and and I still just, I still just don't get it. They have an easier path to the top where they are. They have an easier path to the playoff, and they got plenty of money. You're the biggest brand in all of college football, and you want more, and you're saying I need more money. You know, it, I, I, see, Dan, I disagree on the money because, like, they're always like, money's not a problem. Like they have, they have what plenty do they of want? money at the relevancy? University of Relevancy? What are they trying to do? They, I just, I think this, I think it comes back to recruiting, Dan. I, I really think and they, that. So they're blaming their recruiting on the big 12 instead of just being better well, at recruiting. I, I think they need a better platform. And I really think when you look at like, they don't want to get left behind. I think there's some of that, right? Like they thought their brand and their performance could prop up a league of eight pedestrian programs in Oklahoma, and they haven't been able to do it. And so basically this is we we can't beat them in the SEC. We're going to join them. This is Jalen Waddell, the Brockenmeyer twins, Quinn Ewers, Garrett Wilson. All This is like a combination of Texas coming in, getting pillaged, and them not, not having the right things to sell. And I, I really believe that this is new blood at Texas, new money at Texas, and they want a new start. Like they don't want to have another AD come in and then another coach come in and then go again and go again. I'm not necessarily agreeing with right. that, but I think that's like a little window into where Texas's head was. Uh, somebody smart uh, in that part of the world put it to me this way. They said, if you put five like Texas region officials, whatever, uh, uppity ups in the same room and asked them why they were going, they would give you five different answers. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's like, we're going because of this. I think it's that's classic a, that's Texas. That's a bad I mean, reason to leave when you ain't got a reason. Yes. Uh, yes. It's a bad well, reason to leave. Yeah. They're gonna, I just think they're going to regret this decision. I think they had a much better path. You let Sark get going. Uh, you haven't been. It's not like you've been bad for 40 years. Yeah. You got so, such. So how pissed do you think Sark is? I don't know that he's pissed. But it's a I different job. It's a different job. I, yeah, my God, I would be I would be marching in the office and getting a two year extension. 
I mean, you've already done one like recruiting cycle. Like the Big 12 has a style of play and it's very different than the SEC West per se, right? Like you you are built different in the and Big 12. You're, built you're based, designing your- You're built you're, how yes. they play football in Texas in high school. Correct. Seven yes. on seven, and, throwing the ball and this, you know. Yeah, you're built to stop Oklahoma's offense. That's how you're designing your defense. And so, and you, you built your staff around recruiters who are Texas people. Now, you still need to recruit Texas. I'm not naive to that. But I think the whole strategy, the whole thought process really changes from 30,000 feet. And uh, I've been given no indication that Sark had any ideas was happening until uh, the Houston Chronicle story broke. All right, let's get to the next one. Uh, Big Ten. Uh, what does the Big Ten do? I can tell you that the report, it was a report that people keep forwarding me. or some reports, I don't know. Ohio State and Michigan are about to leave to the SEC. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's no bad reporting like realignment. Oh, reporting. my God. People are either just make it up for the retweets or they truly got no clue. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Or, or both. Or both. I don't know. Yeah. Be careful with your reporting on uh, on on uh, what to believe. Uh, no, that will not be happening. What should the Big Ten do, if anything? I think that it's a race out west at this point. And I think there's two different. And then I'm going to answer the SEC a little bit in this. I think if you're the Big Ten, you see if you can you can go get some of those big West Coast brands to join you. And you can juice up your network, try to salvage theirs, the Pac-12 somehow. No, I don't even salvage the network. Go poach the two LA schools, Stanford, Washington, Oregon, maybe Arizona State if you want that market. But I, I think you go and you go bold. I think you have to answer the SEC. If you don't answer the SEC, you're going to be behind. Now, the ACC, to me, Dan, to skip ahead is a little bit different. If you're the ACC and you have the ACC network, which is kind of meh in terms of interest, subs, all that stuff. Can you combine it with the Pac-12 network? Or I, I don't know. Again, this is a, I'm like making a fantasy football trade. I'm not making a media transaction here in a multi-billion dollar deal. But is there a way you can convince a media company we are going to be the dominant brand of both coasts? We're going to go from Seattle to L.A. or Seattle to Phoenix. We're going to go from Boston to Miami. And we're going to have both coasts. You can call it the coastal elites or something if you really want to. But, we, but you can, you can, well you can just South say, Carolina. yeah, no, <laughs> coastal yeah. Elite. that's all coastal right. Carolina. little old elite, little old elite Clemson. And can you have some type of innovative merger? Because here's the thing. Everybody's like, well, just, you know, just ditch Oregon State, just ditch Washington State. Well. College presidents aren't in like the business of like ditching other institutions. Well, like well, Roger Goodell. Well, wait, wait, would, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> they are in Oklahoma and Texas. Correct. But collectively, that like in terms of it, what Oklahoma and Texas are doing is cold blooded and ruthless. I agree with that. But in terms of kicking a team out of a league, I think that's like a whole different thing. I don't think we, well, I think the Big East did it to Temple, but they were like really <laughs> bad, like Ron Dickerson Temple. That's one of the very few times I can remember a, like a completely hapless program getting thrown out of a league. I'm sure some people on Twitter are going to like give us a couple more examples of that. And I'm sure they will be humorous and I can't wait. Um, <laughs> How bad do you got to be to get kicked out of a league? <laughs> yes, you got to be bad to get kicked out of a league. I just can't see like, the Pac-12 North presidents get together and be like, all right, we got to get rid of, you know, Colorado, you know, whatever. I, and I, 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 is there some kind of, cause what it, does this do? What, what, it, 
What? I don't how know. It's, a, it's above money? my. It's a, how does this make you more money? If you wanted the West Coast coastal, you'd pay for it. Nobody wants it. Well, you get bigger, you control more rights, and you control a larger percentage of the pie. You establish yourself as, if this is the ACC Pac-12, you establish yourself as the third best entity. And you can argue now with the Big Ten, you're the second best entity. And you basically like gobble up in, in this game of risk, like the you, you, you fortify yourself from getting poached and then you gobble up um, in, in combined forces with a couple other of the best brands. I'm not sold on this, but the, when, I, when I've spoken to smart people about options, they keep saying some type of unification of, of leagues. Now, could the Big Ten do it with the Pac-12? They certainly have a longstanding relationship with the Rose Bowl, but I just think that's harder sell because they just make so much more money and you're not going to get whole. Whereas the ACC is stuck in just a miserable television contract. They need something to open it back up. But the problem is their le- their, their network is still an ESPN network. So these, I don't know. These I don't, plans do you don't see make any, any digital? Uh, these plans don't make any sense. The ACC Pac-12 marriage, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Zero sense. You're going to have like 30 schools or something. Just kind of, <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to play each other. What? What? How does this work? You're basically just putting two crappy. Uh, uh, it's just a media rights. It's just a media rights consortium. Yeah, I, but but I don't know how like the Pac-12 gets more money because they're somehow associated with the ACC. And if they get the more- ACC needs to do something dynamic to get out of its deal, Dan. Well, it, so that, that's that like where fine, this starts but- from. Yes, and so do they just say, okay, we're merging with the Pac-12. Our deal, which is somewhere through 2098, it's actually 2036, is is now broken. And then we can try something else. Like, okay, we can go and combine with CBS and NBC or Peacock Plus and Paramount or whatever it is. Like, that has to be the the level of uh, the level of thinking there. Everyone is like, oh, you know, people are right. West Virginia is going to go to the ACC. I think like any next moves are going to be seismic moves. They're not going to be like the Pac-12 goes and picks up Texas Tech and gets the Texas market. No. I'll say this. The Big Ten, this would be the only thing I would consider for the Big Ten. I don't think you do anything. Stay put. You do your thing. I don't think you have to answer. I don't know that this whole whole thing down south is going to work. These guys are, I mean, there's going to be all sorts of bitterness and arguing and I don't know. I, you, you stay put. You, your, your last reaction was a was a quick grab for table bo- cable boxes and that's not paying off for you. The only thing I would consider is this, if I was the Big Ten, is you go grab the four California schools. And say we're going to go to 18 teams and we're going to play in California. And we're going to work where the Big Ten is now a California-based league as well. And we can offer you a tremendous amount of money we aren't going to get the cable box back, but we can market Midwest football in California. Basically, the Bay Area and L.A. It's what you get two two huge TV markets. And yeah, I, I can hear the screaming. Oregon's better. What about? Uh, yeah, you are. But this is all I could say. Big Ten presidents, Big Ten schools need students. The demographic trends in the Midwest aren't great. The biggest pile of students the biggest pile of alums, all of that is in California. And so as an institutional move, perhaps 
that would be what you'd do. And you would also get some pretty good football. You'd get some, I mean, potentially great football. You would get uh, great recruiting turf and all of that. And you would kind of, that would be the only move I would go. I would ignore the Pacific Northwest ones, Arizona, all that. I would just go straight for all excellent universities. It's yeah. absolutely elite, if not excellent. Two huge markets. See you yeah, you're not leaving Cal behind if you're the Big Ten because, you know, they no. don't, they don't care about that. You don't Aaron care about Rogers that. Left. You're playing there. So you take Cal, Stanford, UCLA, and USC are probably all top 30 universities in the country or something like that. Um, they do all you want. I, you know, I was talking to someone in the Big Ten, and it's like, you know, why why would Michigan not leave? Why would Ohio State not The Big Ten is so old as a conference. It's not a football conference. It's a it's an academic research conference. It's based on that. The the Big Ten has a $10 billion annual research alliance. The Big Ten Academic Alliance. This is one of many of these things. $10 billion. They make auto, auto uh, autonomous cars. Yeah, $10 billion. I think that's the route for the Big Ten. If you have to expand, you go and take four California schools for the academics, the market, the ability to get in those markets, the recruiting and all that. I don't know. Hey, look, California's cool, right? Everyone wants to be in LA. Everyone wants to be all that. So if you're the Pac-12, I don't know what the hell you do. You just you just sit around and start at, you ask Bob Bowlesby, how'd you lose your man? And then you go and do all the r- other stuff for USC and say, don't leave us. Yeah, I. It, th- this is the... The fascinating, like, inside baseball theater here, Dan, is that George Klievkoff, who, quite frankly, we don't know how to pronounce his name yet, Kevin Warren, year two, year one was a pandemic. I don't think he sat around much in the last year and, like, strategized realignment. And then, obviously, Jim Phillips, who was supposed to be the Big Ten commissioner until an 11th hour back door, is at the ACC, and he literally just uh, he just got there. He made like the classic rookie commissioner mistake of giving like a forty-seven minute state of the ACC address at, at media days the other day. Uh, I was like, oh, he'll learn. But you have all these guys who are like, you know, they have new car scent in their tenures. They just they like that. All of a sudden now, like they like you know, baptism by blowtorch. I mean, here they are, complicated decisions. Two of the three really don't have much relative experience in college athletics, uh, Kevin and George. So it's a fascinating time right now because these are huge multi-billion dollar decisions and the speed with in which people act here is going to be important. And so I, I think the race for the next move is the most compelling thing we're going to see in college sports behind the scenes in the next six months. And I think you remember this, Dan, from the last round of realignment. Like, realignment looms over everything. Like, it, it, it is a dark cloud over the sport. I remember going down to Baylor to watch RG3 play on a Friday night before. It might have been before Red Rivers, before a big game. game. And, uh, and, and, yeah, I was there, too. Yeah, I remember and, that. like, I didn't, write, I didn't write a thing about RG3. Because you're like chasing down Ian McCaw and like the Board of Regent guys and like whatever, you know, like that. I was, think they brought out the, the uh, who was the the, the the president who did the Clinton thing. What was that guy? Star. Oh, Kenneth yeah. Star. I, I think they brought guy. him in to yeah, talk Ken to Star. us. Yeah. I was like, wow, they're they're getting <laughs> they're, they're really yes. desperate. They're having this yes. guy is meeting but with the, the college football yeah. writers. Like, don't you have something better to do? Like, you seem like important. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he didn't. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, he it, was kind of a clown at was, the end of the day. Was, Ken yeah. Starr. Yeah. But whatever. Um, I was but, like, wow. They're yeah. really but like, desperate. we should have been there. Like, I think they get go, right about RG3. They go, Judge Starr, President Starr would like to meet you. And I was like, no, he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Like, you guys yeah, are desperate on. as shit. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah. I, mean, I got, okay. Yeah. I can't help yeah. you. Buddy. I was corrected from the last podcast, by the way, when we were talking about like the Big East Western division that almost formed after the Pac-12 oh, yeah. was about to scoop up. Like this actually like the paperwork was drawn up for this. So I had the I had one. I was one school off. It was going to be Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State and Missouri. Missouri hadn't left for the SEC okay. yet. And Baylor was going to get left behind which is why Ken Starr wanted to talk to you and me, because Baylor was desperate. I mean, they were desperate. And so it's just interesting, like, how quick things can change. I was talking to somebody at a uh, Big 12 school tonight, and they were like, yeah, we signed the paperwork to go to the Pac-12. And the Longhorn Network got in the way. Like, the paperwork was signed. Larry Scott flew to Stillwater, flew to Lubbock, flew to Norman, probably not in that order, and then they got gummed up in Austin because Texas was trying to jam the Longhorn Network down their throat. Texas needed to know we needed like a good running 15-year gag, and the Longhorn Network has, has, has provided us with that. Um, Does anyone so ever see the Longhorn just, Network? Does it exist? This is like So I remember covering a game at Texas a year or two after that and finding out with just like giddy glee that they didn't even get the Longhorn Network in the press box. Wait a minute. You just like ran four schools out of your league and you can't even get the right cable in your own press box. The that, entire network always... was just replaying the 2006 Rose Bowl. Right? Yes. <laughs> that, that's the most Texas thing ever. They were so excited they won the national championship that they just put on a network to replay it for 15 years. They just replayed that. And then they had like a comedy hour where they just tell Aggie jokes. That was it. That was the whole network, I think. Yeah. yeah, they almost lost to Kansas two years ago on the Longhorn <laughs> Network, I want to say. Uh, do you remember that game? <laughs> I think we – yeah, I remember that one. We were discussing that one. Yes. Yeah, so, like, I remember having to find it on, like, a, uh, Sam Cooper and Nick Bromberg are, uh, are, are guys that we work with on the college football beat at Yahoo. They are, like, ninjas at finding, like – Every you know, game, yeah. Black – yeah, like black market Albanian bootleg versions of the Longhorn <laughs> Network that they can send. Yeah, they send them on email. So I remember uh, requesting that. They should start a business doing it's that. It's like you can um, expense stuff to Yahoo, but you're like, I need to expense yes. the Longhorn Network. They're like, nah, nah, yeah, nah, 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 we're good. Nah, nobody, we're good. I'm not yeah. paying for that crap. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. just <laughs> don't mess with Texas. They'll they'll screw everything up. Just leave. Just get them away. Best thing. Yeah. Uh, what a nightmare. What a nightmare. Yeah, but like. It, what what happens with realignment is, and back to the the Waco example, is like you and I should have been there being like, RG3 is a Heisman candidate, he's a transcendent player. Blah, blah. No, we were like talking to some political dope, right? So it's just it like that's one thing that we have to brace for. I'm sorry, not complaining because we got to cover the sport like we cover the sport. But like every game, every move, everything is gets viewed through the prison of realignment during realignment. And that's unavoidable and that's going to happen. You know, it's like Red River this year. Well, it's going to be maybe the last Red River as a Big 12 school. Like all these things like get, like Iowa State's great season that we're all so excited for. Right. It's like, is this Iowa State's last chance ever at making the play like their last chance? Because everything goes through that prism of your league when it changes. So I really think, especially with other big moves inevitably coming, that 
it, this really hijacks the sport, at least storyline-wise, in the prism through which we view the sport. And we're not going to enjoy it less on Saturday. I'm not trying to be overdramatic, but I just – it like once realignment pops his head up, it doesn't go away easily. No, it doesn't. All right. Well, we're going to be back later this week. This is going to continue to develop. We will continue to have as much realignment talk as we can. We know you, it, it affects literally every program in the country. Maybe not UMass. UMass is safe. UMass is eyeing that Sunbelt bid. They're like, they're like, we got a path to the Sunbelt like, now. Shake up. Louisiana is going to go to Conference USA. Nope, like, nope. yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had more. They're like, Conference USA, you up? <laughs> I've had more texts from thirsty college football guys. Hey, do we have a chance to get into? Somebody told me <laughs> that they're plotting at Wyoming to get in the Big 12. I actually heard that in the last Wait, 48 you get that hours. Cheyenne God market. Bless. You get that Cheyenne television yes. market and the dollars flow. <laughs> dozens of people will watch the games. Now, Wyoming's a great program. I'm not ripping on Wyoming. They have great fans, uh, great tradition. I don't think they're going to be able to save the uh, the old Big 12. That just, uh, I think, uh, I think they should be worried some of their Mountain West neighbors may bolt on them, though. That's uh, uh, that's that. But yeah, realignment lets everybody dream. It's a, dream it's a unique, uh, <laughs> it's a unique world that we are going in 100 miles an hour with no breaks. We will get Pat back. We're going to root hard for uh, Brooke Wednesday morning podcast uh, favorite. We have an Olympian. Is Brooke winning a medal emergency podcast material? Uh, Pat drunk after. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, did you see? I mean, real quickly. Did you see? I'd see end of the pod. So whatever. <laughs> if you're still listening. You see the picture I sent you about my cruel hotel? I did. I, did. I found I the did. beer uh, uh, vending machine. <laughs> We have a beer vending machine. can't even talk. <laughs> we have one. And it says, they unplugged it. It says, do not use, which they mean it's not usable. We have one and they, <laughs> they took it away. <laughs> These bastards. What are you doing? Dan is so shaken. That was like the least articulate moment he's had in podcast history. He couldn't even like spit out. He's like in Scooby-Doo and they run and their like legs yeah, go in place. A, he sorry. like couldn't spit out his anger at the beer machine, the beer vending machine, not being able to vend him. I beer. went down the basement so. of our of our place and then I see this thing and then I see the Kieran at the top. And I'm, we have a beer. We got one. We got one. I go over there and it's busted. <laughs> That's a tough break. Tough break. Well, if if Pat's daughter wins a medal, I have a funny feeling that despite all the COVID protocols and the closed bars and the lockdown, the funny feeling you guys would end up finding a cold beverage somewhere over Zoom. Uh, in course. case, yes. I mean, in case we have a lot of listeners in the Japanese uh, government. Um, yes. Yes. No, we will not. Zoomed only. Uh, we'll yes. see. We'll, well see what invite happens. Invite Sully and I because we'll be fired up for uh, Pat. Big moment for Pat. Pat's got to be wound up. Pat's not sleeping. Yeah, uh, we're, we're fired up for our friend. Pat definitely doesn't know how to listen to the podcast. So we'll have to text him this. But yeah, I'm I'm wearing my Stanford shirt. By the way, I have a Stanford shirt in honor of uh, in honor of Pat and Brooke. We're 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 geared up and ready to go Wednesday. Let's go. Morning. Let's go, America, so let's go baby. Team Forty. That's right. Let's go, America. All right. Talk to you later.